0: Welcome to another episode of the Sports Report Podcast brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero, On today's episode, we're going to continue on our trend with talking about uh, teams, their over-unders, their schedule, and what we think their overall record's going to be and whether or not we're going to bet that over-under. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Jacob. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing good this morning. How are you? Not
0: too bad. Um, I'm kind of excited. We're transitioning over to the NFC North today. Um, There's a lot to talk about probably within this division. Um, There's a lot of different moves that happened this offseason. And then, of course, there's a lot of stagnant moves within the division as well. You know what I mean? A couple of these teams kind of stayed pat with just smaller decisions. And it's going to be interesting to see how it impacts the division as a collective whole. You know, things that kind of come to mind is like, you know, did the Bears really get better at the quarterback position? What did the Packers do this offseason? They didn't even add any wide receivers. The Lions, like – what is up like what how do we feel about Lions Stafford? Is he coming back? Is he gonna be okay? The Vikings kind of stayed stagnant as well. They didn't, they they lost Stefan Diggs. So there's a lot of questions within the NFC North, and I'm excited to tackle about them today. The last couple of weeks, we've been releasing them in two podcasts. We're gonna release them in one. So we're gonna tackle the NFC North as a collective whole in this episode. And we're gonna kick it off with those Detroit Lions we were talking about. Um <clears throat> the key uh, additions this offseason, Jamie Collins, Deron Harmon. First off, I mean, the Lions have literally become the Patriots' light, right? Matt Patricia yeah. literally just acquiring as many Patriots as he humanly possibly can. Desmond Truefront, DeAndre Swift, Jeff Okudu. Uh, and then for key subtractions, we had Damian Harrison. Good old Snacks Harrison uh, subtraction there. Darius Slay, Rick Wagner, Marcin Mavlin, and Jermaine Kears. Last year's record, 3-12-1. Um, as we all know, they had a top-five pick. Strength of schedule this year is 525. It's rather high. I think they're top eight in the league um, with strength of schedule. And then, of course, their Vegas over-under is at 6.5. Um, Patricia obviously snagged Darius Slay's replacement of, uh, of a coda in the you know third overall pick. He's a physical corner who can thrive in that man-to-man coverage and pressing opposing receivers, which I'm a big fan of that. It was like a lateral move, in my opinion. But I also feel like I'm not sure how I feel about the rest of this. Stafford's coming back. They need a full 16 out of him. It was the first time and I think, in almost like 10 years that Stafford missed any games last year. But second half of the season, it was a back injury. Let's not pretend like it wasn't a real good injury. You know, it was a back injury. So, Jacob, thoughts on the kind of the very just run of the mill offseason, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think uh I think they drafted well um with Akuda and especially with DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre Swift will be a breakout player um, as a rookie running back this year. I mean, just watching him at Georgia and just watching what he did there, I think he's going to translate really well to this new style of pass catching speed type running backs. Um, But it's like you said, a lot of their movements were just lateral. You know, they lost Darius Slay. They picked up Jeff Okuda. Um, Yeah. I mean, they didn't, I don't think they really made any, any breakout players that they needed to go from a three twelve and one team to a potential playoff team. You know, you said the Vegas over uh over under win was six point five. I don't know why it's that high, but I guess Vegas might know something I don't know.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's kind of strange to look at and then kind of looking at their schedule. It's like for me, it's like, all right, can they be, be can they win through three games this year? Like that's the thing for me. It's like but the over-under, in my opinion, should have been around that five line. Cause you know, mm-hmm. five the Lions do find ways to win games that they for some reason shouldn't. And they're always consistently competitive in games as well. But for some reason, they always find a way to Detroit it, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> let's go ahead and start off with their schedule. First four games this season, right off the back, is not very exactly easy. They are uh, they face the Chicago Bears. They travel to Green Bay, they travel to Arizona, and then they're at home for the New Orleans Saints. What do you have for their record right there, Jacob?
1: Uh, their first four games, I have them at 0-4. Um, I think Chicago will get this one, uh, being at home. or uh, I think Chicago will get this one, just first game of the year. Um, I think Chicago's just got a better defense than Detroit's offense. And then the next three, I just can't see any way that there's going to be even compete in those games.
0: Yeah, for me, uh, I've got them beating Chicago week one. I think Trubisky's going to be the quarterback week one. As long as Trubisky's the quarterback, I don't think they're going to win a game. Um, And then, of course, you have them going to Green Bay, which is – that's an automatic L right there, right? You know what I mean? This team is not that good. Arizona, they're traveling across the country to Arizona. That might be a little bit closer of a game than we think it might be um, just because – the. It is the second year of Arizona. I am very, very high on Arizona. Can't wait to talk about the West. And of course, mm-hmm. New Orleans, that's probably going to be a 20 point blowout. Um, so I've got them one and three at the buy. They have an early buy. That's another thing that we're going to talk about with a couple of these teams within the uh, <clears throat> uh, NFC North that have early buys. Early buys this year is going to be an interesting thing to watch because I think it's going to be different from any other year. Early buys, nobody ever really likes to begin with, Mm-mm. but this type of year, with the the entire COVID situation, it's going to be interesting to see how teams play it out. After the bye week, we have a look. They they soften up, you know, not not really, but they do have a couple of soft <laughs> spots here in the second half of their uh, first half of the season. At Jacksonville, uh, at Atlanta, Indianapolis, and then at Minnesota. What do you got going for them right there?
1: Uh, through the next three games, I got them at one and three. I think Jacksonville is going to be the worst team in the league this year, and then the next three. Um, I just don't see – Atlanta maybe could pick up a win, but I don't see them beating Indianapolis or Minnesota.
0: I got going one and three there as well. Uh, So far, I've got them at two and six at the halfway mark. You have them at one – no, you have them at two – no, one and seven,
1: yeah? Yes, one and seven.
0: All right, heading into the second half of their schedule. we get. This is where I meant to say this is where it kind of gets potentially a little bit easier for them. Washington, lots of question marks. At Carolina, lots of question marks. Houston ton of question marks. And then of course, Chicago as well at Chicago. So um, I've got them right there. I've got them going one and three. Every stretch so far, I've had them going one and three. Um, I've got them beating Washington. And then I've got them losing to Carolina, Houston and Chicago there. I've got Chicago getting that win back. So I've got them going one and three in that stretch. What about you?
1: Funny enough, um, you know, I thought Chicago was going to win at Detroit. I think Detroit's going to win at Chicago. I think this is going to be the (laughs) The moment where Chicago just kind of falls apart. Uh, I think the tank's going to start. And um, through this stretch, I haven't gone two and two. I've them beating Washington, losing to Carolina, losing to Houston, and then beating Chicago.
0: It's interesting to head down the stretch here because, obviously, the last four games of the season, this is where it gets – this is this is brutal. There are four straight games against, you know, very, very hard teams. You know, week – week uh, was it? Week 14 here, we're facing Green Bay. At home. Okay, they're at home, yes, but that's Green Bay still. Mm-hmm. And they're on the road at Tennessee. Derrick Henry's going to run down their throats, so you know what I mean? And then, of course, you go back at home for the last two games, but it's at home for Tampa and at home for Minnesota. The thing about it is, I think Minnesota's going to need that last game, so they're going to need these, you know what I mean? So I've got them actually going 0-4 at the stretch. I've got Detroit at 3-13. and What do you got them in the final stretch there?
1: I've got them going 0-4 as well, and I've got them at 3-13. and Yeah,
0: it's kind of funny because it, it's it's I think this division, you're either going to be top heavy or you're going to be bottom heavy, especially when we start talking about the next team. But for me personally, it was it was hard to find wins for Detroit that I was like, you know, this is a toss up. The only two games that I could really potentially see them flip flopping are for me on my side is at Carolina and the Houston game at home. Those two games I could see them flip flopping. I don't. I really feel like they split with Chicago big time. I don't think that's a possibility of taking both of those. So even if I give them those two games that I feel like there's a potential of them winning, I still have them at five, five and eleven, right? So
1: yeah, three,
0: three and thirteen to between three and thirteen and five and eleven is where I kind of have set the bar for Detroit for me. Um, you have them at three and thirteen as well. What do you think they? If they peak, at what level do you think they do?
1: see my my biggest issue with detroit is their defense isn't good enough to stop a high powered offense and their offense isn't good enough to go in a scoring fest with a good offense um so for me i mean if they peak i think they can you know they'll split with chicago if they peak they'll beat carolina they'll beat houston maybe i just don't i think houston's offense with uh, Deshaun Watson's still too high, but I I'm with you. I think five wins is kind of like kind of their ceiling right now. Um, and I just can't I can't see any games that I gave them um, a loss that I could flip them to a win.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to kind of see, just be like, all right, yep, this one right here is the one that I believe truly that it's going to be the game where I think that they have that chance to kind of just sneak under the radar, and it's just not happening. All right, so both of us are going to pound the under on the Lions. That six and a half is way too high. But even, like I said, even at peak, five and 11 for me. So that's not even coming close to the six and a half. They have to win seven games in order to win that. Pound the under, guys. I'm 100% in on that one. All right, time to move on to Jacobs, Chicago Bears. Um, he's got the Chicago Bears shirt on that you will not be able to see that he just waved to the camera, even though we can see each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Chicago Bears this season. All right. So key additions. Nick Foles, Ted Ginn Jr., Jimmy Graham, if you call that a key addition. Artie Burns and Robert Quinn. Key subtractions. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Trey Burton, Kyle Long, Nick Williams, Ta- Taylor Gabriel and Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Last year's record was a whopping eight and eight. They're. Strength of schedule is at five hundred nine, which is tied for thirteenth. Their Vegas over under is eight and a half. My quick thoughts about them as a collective whole: the Bears team reminds me of the twenty seventeen Jaguars. They go out, they kind of overachieve a little bit. They have a great defense, but their lackluster quarterback play really does holds them back from going over the top. We saw that again last year with Trubisky. He's not good. They left him at the helm last year. They didn't really give him any competition to push him for that job last year. Say last year they make the move for Nick Foles. Maybe they push him. Maybe Nick Foles is they're on the opposite end of eight and eight. Maybe they're ten and six last year and they make the playoffs and play a little bit better. But for me, it's too late to to kind of turn this one around. Nick Foles is going to quote unquote challenge the job for uh, with Mitchell. And the thing about it is it's too late. We saw Foles wasn't really grand with Jacksonville last year. I think you know he's he's. And I'm not going to say washed, but I'm really not sure he's going to add a whole lot. So for me personally, this offseason did not really move the needle a whole lot. I didn't understand the Jimmy Graham signing. They have about 3.3 million tight ends on that team. And <laughs> they have a quarterback that's just not good and then a the backup that's just okay. So, Jacob, your outlook uh, real quick on the Chicago Bears and their off season.
1: Well, first off, do you remember when Nick Foles threw for 27 touchdowns and two picks? That was just eleven. Yeah, that's just mind blowing to me that Nick Foles of all people uh managed to do that. But yeah, well, I agree. Chip
0: Kelly offense, baby. Chip Kelly was the man. I
1: I think I think the Bears kind of this offseason, I think they kind of uh I can't think of the word, but they tried to overcompensate, especially especially at the tight end position, like you said. You know, last year they their best tight end was a converted wide receiver that was undrafted, you know, and now they went out and got 50 of them to try to be like, oh, well, we'll one of them will be have a good season. Um, I agree.
0: i think Jimmy Graham a full no-trade clause. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Jimmy Graham ain't been good in five seasons.
1: Yeah, they, their off-season moves for the past few years have just been so mind-blowing. I do really like the addition of Robert Quinn. Um, I think Ted Ginn Jr. is a decent addition. I think he's got... A couple good games in him a season um I really like their draft pick of Jalen Johnson at corner um you know Leonard, losing Leonard Floyd wasn't all that much losing Ha Clinton Dix wasn't all that much um but yeah I just I don't know I don't see I didn't see them make any real moves to try to make themselves into a potentially decent team um adding Nick Foles will do nothing but cause confusion among the offense among you know starting quarterbacks Mitchell Trubisky I don't think is a guy who's really going to take criticism and run with it you know like there's those guys who kind of when someone gets brought in they get that chip on their shoulder and they're like all right you know it's time for me to show Mitchell Trubisky I think he's just going to fold under the pressure and I think there's just going to be a season where we end up tanking and hopefully get a decent quarterback out of the draft um and just restart for next year
0: Absolutely, 100 um, percent. Let's go ahead and transition into this schedule um, for the Chicago Bears. They open the season with uh, games against Detroit, the Giants, Atlanta and Indianapolis. What do you got going there?
1: Uh, so I said all that and I have them starting off at uh, three and one. <laughs> um, I think they'll beat Detroit first game of the year. Uh, the Giants are not good and I'm not a big Atlanta Falcons lover myself. Um I don't think they're going to beat Indy. Um so I've got them at 3 and 1 starting. So funny
0: enough here I have them going 1 and 3. I've got them beating Detroit and then losing to the Giants. No, I'm sorry. I've yeah, 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 yeah. I've got them going 2 and 2. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. I've got them going 2 and 2 here. I've got wins against uh, Detroit and the Giants, and then losing to Atlanta and Indy. Um, That's where, yeah. So I have them at two and two to start off with. And then time to move on to the next stretch. We've got Tampa Bay at Carolina, at the Rams, and then at home for New Orleans. What do you got there?
1: Yeah. After those first three games, it's going to be a long season for me. Um, that's why I'm glad we're doing this so I can kind of keep my mind off of their season and look at other people because uh, I've got them going for and uh, 4 in those next four stretch.
0: Yeah. Tampa Bay at Carolina. I think the Carolina game is possibly a toss up. Um, Rams, that's going to be a boat race, and I think so is the uh, New Orleans Saints. So I got them 0 4 there. Uh, we've got two games before the bye week. They got a late bye week, week 11. Um, th- that could be detrimental to the team as a collective whole because. God knows. In my the way I have it looking right now, they're at you know two and six before you know or sorry two and eight before the buy. Uh, I got losses to Tennessee and Minnesota, and then I've got losses to Green Bay after the buy in Detroit. So where do you got Tennessee, Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit? What do you got going?
1: Uh, same same exact thing. Uh, zero and four. Um, I have I one and four. So oh, you do? Okay, so I've got them. I've got them losing all four of those next ones. Um. I just think I think by the time the bye week comes, they will figure out. um, They'll figure out that this season's just a wash and try to just start playing it for next year.
0: Hey, to be honest with you, I've got them going. You know, last four games of the season: Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Detroit, or Green Bay. Sorry, I've actually got them. um, You know, I've got them going three and thirteen. The crazy thing about it is, I got I got one, two. I've got three teams right now. No, I'm sorry. I got one three. I got Carolina at four and twelve, Chicago at three and thirteen, Detroit at three and thirteen, Jacksonville at three thirteen. You never know. You know what I mean? You guys are getting inching closer and closer to possibly possibly tanking for Trevor. You know what I mean? You know
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you got them finishing off at?
1: Uh I have them finishing off at um the last four games, going two and two, finishing at five and eleven. I think Jacksonville's like I've talked about them. I think they're going to be the worst team in the league. Uh, Houston, I think Houston will have already fallen apart more than what Chicago will, but there's no way they're going to beat Minnesota or Green Bay.
0: Yeah, I I think that potential Week 16 game against Jacksonville, for me, could be really determining whether or not they're picking number one overall or not. I'm I really looking at all the rest of the teams that I have lined up, and I don't see anybody any of these teams really being – as bad as the teams that we've already ta- kind of talked about, to be honest with you. Um, so I think that there's a there's a there's a, like a four headed race going for that top pick, in my opinion. You know, I mean, you've got Jacksonville, obviously at, at that upper inch a lot. You know, Detroit's gonna be up there. You've got Chicago that's gonna be up there, Carolina, you know what I mean? All these teams that are potentially five wins or less teams that are gonna be really competing for Trevor Lawrence. Um, And and even maybe the consolation prize of of Justin Fields. But, um, you know, the teams that need quarterbacks as a collective whole. All right. Transitioning over to the other half of the uh, NFC North here. I'm going to talk about the Green Bay Packers next. Um, Their key gains this offseason. Obviously, like I mentioned, it was the, you know, the addition of Devin Funches. Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey. That's really the the gist of what they did. And then, of course, the crazy part about it was is Devin opted out. He had the option. You know, a lot of these players had the option of opting out. So, like the receiving threat that they potentially could add in the red zone, it was a big body um, red zone threat. Opted out. So, with that being said, now we move on to their losses. Brian Bulgaria, Blake Martinez. Of course, Jimmy Graham was cut. And of course, they really didn't make a whole lot of moves in the draft that really made any sense. Like AJ Dillon was in such a weird draft pick for them. They have Aaron Jones, who's coming off a monster season, and then of course the addition of Jordan Love. They drafted in the first round. Um, Aaron Rodgers has maybe you know he's I don't say he's taken a step back, but he hasn't been the same Aaron Rodgers of maybe three or four years ago. But Aaron Rodgers is still very good at football. So the another bonehead decision was is understanding why they drafted Jordan Love this offseason. It didn't make any sense to me either. So last year, a lot of people insinuated that they might have been one of the worst 3-13 and 13 teams in the history of the NFL. Rodgers last year, 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. They really didn't add any pieces this offseason to kind of help that offense. So their offense consists of – Devonte Adams, Devonte Adams, and even more <laughs> Devontae Adams. You know, um, they're going to have to have Al Lazard step up to the plate. Maybe Scantlin's going to step up this year. Who knows? But, you know, or Kumro, they, they really didn't add any weapons that are really going to enhance this team to make them a little bit better. The flip side of that is over and under in Vegas right now is nine, which is kind of coinciding with the Vikings. It's, it seems like every year they have the same over and under. The Vikings and Packers do. Vikings is nine as well. All right, so Jacob, quick thoughts on the Packers offseason if you want to call it that.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it's the same thing when we talked about New Orleans. Uh, I feel like when you've got a good team, you don't have to make any kind of offseason splashes uh, like say uh, Tampa Bay has to or something like that. Um, But I do do think it was a very weird year. You know, they got Jordan Love um, which they still have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers hasn't gone down. I mean, he's getting older, of course, but he hasn't really lost what makes him Aaron Rodgers. Uh, They got A.J. Dillon, what I think Aaron Jones is still one of the top 10 running backs in the league. Um, And they didn't really do much to beef up their wide receiver core, which completely blows my mind. Um, But I still think for them, I think their defense is still top notch. Um, And I think with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, I think you're going to be a good team kind of no matter what.
0: Yeah, it's weird to me because I said all of these things and then I'm like, wait a minute. Well, I still look at the record, at what I find I finished off with, and I'm like, well, damn, do I really hate them that much? I just believe in Aaron Rodgers. I think that he's got a tip on his shoulder more so than he's ever had in his entire life. And they still do have a very good running back and a very good wide receiver. So kicking off with their schedule at Minnesota, at home for Detroit, at New Orleans, and then at home for Atlanta. Pretty big dog fights right out the gate for Green Bay, in my opinion. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of what they do here. Jacob, what do you got them going right out the gate?
1: Uh, I've got them starting off at 3-1 and um, with their sole loss being to New Orleans.
0: I actually have them starting the season at 4-0. and Um I don't know. New Orleans is one of those teams that I think they take a little bit of a step back this year. I talked about them on the last podcast, but I'm a big fan of, 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 of Green Bay and what they can possibility do. Their defense is really good. It's another thing that's kind of slept on. So I've got them going 4-0 in that stretch with the possibility of understanding they could really theoretically be 2-2 two and two at that point. Um Heading into the bye week, I think they're going to be affected big time by that bye week early in the season, uh, more so than we talked about with Detroit. I think it could really hinder them. But coming out of the bye week, it's, it's, it doesn't slow down, right? That's the crazy thing about looking at their schedule. It does not slow down at all. But coming out of the gate, I have them at Tampa Bay, at Houston, Minnesota, and San Francisco. What do you got going there?
1: Um those next four games I got them going two and two. Uh beating Tampa Bay, beating Houston, but then losing the next two to Minnesota and San Francisco. Um yeah, that's what I've got. I think the Tampa Bay and Houston games will be uh will be pretty big wins, but I think they'll take a step back with those Minnesota um and San Francisco game.
0: Yeah, I've got them going two and two as well. Same exact win total at Tampa Bay, at Houston winning both those games, and then losing to Minnesota and San Francisco. I think they split with Minnesota no matter how it comes down to it. Uh, next four, I've got them uh, at home, Jacksonville, at Indy. Um, and then they're uh, at home for Chicago and then at home for Philadelphia. Uh, what do you got going there?
1: Uh, the next four, I actually have them going 3-1. and one. Uh, I have them beating Jacksonville, beating Indy, uh, beating Chicago, and then losing to Philadelphia um, in that fourth game.
0: I actually have them sitting at two and two here. Um, I think this is the last set of losses I give them for the rest of the season. Um, for me personally, I, I think the, the only reason I, I tossed and turned really about that Philadelphia game um, because it's at home, but I, mm-hmm. Philadelphia is just one of those teams that I'm very, very high on this year. So I'm kind of excited to see what they do. All right, the flip side of that, last four games of the season, Detroit, Carolina, Tennessee, Chicago. What do you got?
1: Uh, I think those last four games, I think they ride into the playoffs um, on a white me, stallion. Well,
0: yeah, exactly. The crazy thing about it is is that they really have the advantage there, right? Mm-hmm. Tennessee maybe being the only hard game, but they're at home for Tennessee, right? You know, yeah. It, it's really, like, of all the teams we've talked about so far, I think their final four games of the schedule, schedule are really the easiest of anybody that's that's out there right there, or of all the teams we talked about, right?
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I think that Chicago game, you know, being a rivalry, being, you know, whatever, I think that would be just a huge, they'll probably win that game walking away. Aaron Rodgers will play a quarter and a half uh, of football, and I think that'll be a huge momentum uh, booster for them going into the playoffs. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. All right. So um, I've got them at 12 and four for some reason. I I really have a hard time. I really always have a hard time predicting what Green Bay does year in year out. But for some reason, I got 12 and four. I'm kind of I'm I'm very iffy about that. I think before the season, before we finally publish our final standings, that might go down to 11 and five somewhere in this schedule, to be honest with you. But that's where I sit right now. What about you?
1: Uh, I've got them at 12 and four as well. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers under the second year of Matt LaFleur, which we completely forgot to talk about how this is going to be Matt LaFleur's second year. Um, he's finally got that uh, playbook down. He's got everything down. And I also think with that defense, I think Zadarius Smith is one of the top three, if not the the best pass rusher in the league. Um, I think that they'll go 12 and four, maybe potential to win a few more games. You know, that. Minnesota game could be a toss-up. The Philadelphia game could be a toss-up. Um, but I don't see their ceiling or their floor dropping below 11 games.
0: Yeah, I don't either. And that's why, for me personally, it makes an easy bet here for the over on them at nine games. I think even in the low end, let's just say on the low end, for some reason they win 10 games. I still I don't think it goes any lower than 10, like you said. So, for me personally, I think I'm betting the over here with the um, Green Bay Packers. All right. So here we go. Moving on to the final NFC North team. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, another team that really kind of had a- – this team really lost a lot this offseason. But for me personally, the offseason for the Minnesota Vikings, key losses, Stefan Diggs, they traded him away, obviously, who seemed unhappy, Everson Griffin, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Stefan Weatherly, Xavier Rhodes, Linville Joseph. Key gains this offseason really was just Michael Pierce. Um, the cap-strap Minnesota Vikings, they were it? There's no other way around it, right? They, they, they got some wiggle room by extending Cousins, um, but they were unable to keep some of these other guys. And and to be honest with you, it, Anthony Harris coming back with the franchise tag was solid. Um, they still are lackluster in the pass rushing category. Um, 11 guys last year who took 500 snaps from Minnesota, five are gone. That's another thing that's interesting to me that's really um, kind of scary to think about. Um, they did have two first-round picks. They picked uh, Jeff Gladney, the cornerback out of TCU, I think is a fantastic pick. And to be honest with you, the guy that I feel like is going to replace Stephon Diggs and not really lose any step, and that's Justin Jefferson. I loved, loved that pickup. I thought it was a fantastic draft pick. Jefferson is a monster, had a monster uh, season last year for LSU. Um, sitting right now, like I talked about a little bit earlier, they were 10-6 and six last year with the over-under of 9. Jacob... Quick thoughts about their offseason where they lost a whole lot of pieces.
1: Uh yeah, I agree. You know, they lost a bunch. Uh Stephon Diggs was a big one, but I do I do agree that uh Justin Jefferson will be able to step in. Maybe not at the beginning, but as the season rolls on, I feel like he will be able to step into that Stephon Diggs uh kind of big play type role. Um but you know, I I like I like their team. Um My issue is, I think Kirk Cousins, I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a get you to the playoffs and hope the rest of the team rallies around you to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think he himself is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I think Minnesota tries to skate by with serviceable quarterbacks. Um, So, you know, I think I don't think they really made enough moves to give him um, to give him what he needs to really be great. But at the same time, I think with the division, it's so top and bottom heavy. I think they still will have a pretty good season.
0: Uh, absolutely um, agree. There's a lot of question marks. Uh, obviously, they added Tajay Sharp. I think uh, Tajay Sharp was a, was a decent pickup. It's not anything grand, so let's not you know make a big deal out of nothing mm-hmm. here. Um, but for me personally, um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the offseason, but it's time to pivot onto this schedule right now, which I, I'm kind of optimistic about. But after looking it over, there is some key stretches where they have some easier games that I think that's going to help them benefit a whole lot. So they kick off the season at home for Green Bay. Then they're on the road at Indianapolis. Then they're at home for Tennessee. And then they're at Houston. What do you got them going right there?
1: Um, those first four games, I have them going two and two. Um, I think they'll – uh, lose the first two and then pick it right back up with Tennessee and Houston.
0: I've got them going three and one to kick off the season. I got them losing that home opener against uh, Green Bay, and then I've got them winning the stretch at Indy, which was a really hard one for me because I really like Indy this year, but I still have Indy at 11-5, which I like this last year a little bit more because of that. But I've got them uh, going on the road to beat Tennessee. I think they're just going to beat them. It's a better – they're just a better team. And then at, at Houston, so I've got them going 3-1 and one right there. We've got an early bye week here as well, but they got two weeks into the season, and then, of course, they have the bye here. So they've got – at this is where it gets a little bit – it's a little bit crazy, a little bit crazy. At Seattle, home for Atlanta, bye week. At Green Bay – and they play Detroit. What do you got going there?
1: Uh, the next three, I think they're going to go three and one. Uh, Seattle is just Seattle's just Seattle. They're they're just a team that's hard to bet against. Um, but then Atlanta, Green Bay, Detroit, I think are all going to be wins, starting a very good stretch for them.
0: Yeah, I've got them go three and one here as well, um, losing the same game as well to Seattle. Um, big on Seattle this year. I think they're going to have a big year. So uh, transitioning into this part of the schedule, I think three of these four games right here is absolutely easy right this what this for me is kind of crazy because i feel like this is where they kind of set the tone for the last eight games of the season where i feel like they could have a strong stretch they do have three hard games in the schedule but it's kind of funny because of how i have a setup but for the next four they're at chicago home for dallas then they're on the road for Carolina and Jacksonville. Like I said, three of those four games could be against three of the worst teams in football and actually three of the worst teams I have currently in football. So what do you got their schedule looking like right
1: there? Uh, those next four, I've got them going 4-0. Um, I think that the Dallas, Dallas game being at home, I think is going to be big for them. And I agree. I think Chicago, Carolina, Jacksonville just are not good enough to uh, play with them.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how their stretch right there is kind of nice as well. Last four games of this season at Tampa, Chicago, at New Orleans, Detroit. Now, obviously, right there, it kind of gets a little bit more dicey. They've got two road games against potentially two of the best teams in the NFC. This is going to play perfect in their positioning. I really feel like them and Green Bay are going to be one and twosies away from each other within that playoff run. You know, a game here, game there, loss could, you know, potentially mean that you're playing on the road as a wild card team. So for me personally, I have them going two and two here and finishing off 11 and five. What do you got?
1: Um, Surprisingly enough, I think I have them at this point winning the division. But then I think that Tampa Bay and New Orleans game are just going to be too much. And that's what's going to ultimately give. Um, Green Bay the lead. I've got them going two and two as well. I've had them losing to Tampa Bay, losing to New Orleans, both on the road, and then beating Chicago and Detroit.
0: Yeah, it's it's like I said, down that stretch right there. It's 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 very interesting because they have those four games at the end of the season. Two, they got two division games. Let's not sleep on the fact that division games can be very hard. But at the same time, I just feel like there's just too much going in Minnesota's favor to lose four straight to lose the season. So I got them going two and two, 11 and five. I do think they're going to be a wild card team. I'm not going to predict that yet because I want to look at, like I said, as the season, as the offseason progresses, You know, I have my records here, have what I'm going to think they're going to go. But to be honest with you, some of these might change between now and, you know, does an injury happen? Does this happen? You know what I mean? There's still a lot of time until the season starts. So when I finally publish the records and stuff like that, when Jacob finally put our records out there, it's going to be, it could be a little bit different from what we're talking about today. But right now, as it sits, I've got Minnesota 11 and 5, and I'm pretty confident in that. I think on the low end, maybe they go 10 and 6. If the defense really does hinder them, 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, might not be out of the question just because of that. It's, it's going to depend on what their defense does without missing those five key tools from last season. Um, so for me, Jacob, 11-5, and five, I am probably not – even at 11-5, I don't think I'm going to bet the over on Minnesota. I'm not going to bet either here. I'm not going to bet the over or under. I just don't feel confident enough in this team to say that I say, yeah, I think they're going to win 11 games, but I don't think they're going to – I'm not confident enough in those 11 games to say I'm going to put some money on it because they're low end at 9-7. and seven. You're pushing, so – you're losing money regardless.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think for the NFC North, I think you've got three teams with a very clear which one is going to be over under. Uh, I think you've got three teams to bet on. I would stay away from Minnesota because for me, I think that their floor and ceiling is one of the biggest in the NFL. I think their floor could, like you said, be eight and eight, maybe even seven and nine. You know, if their team just falls apart, but I think their ceiling could be eleven and five, or potentially winning the division at twelve and four. Um, it just depends what defense you get. Like we said, what Kirk Cousins we get. Um, I think those last four games. I think that's where Green Bay really has the advantage over them. But like you said, I would not take. I would not take the over or under on this. I would stay away from this one. Bet on Green Bay. Bet on Chicago. Bet on Detroit. You don't need this one.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. That's a. It's about finding the ones that you feel confident about. And this is a one that you know neither neither one of us really feel confident about. And it's okay to be like, all right. Yeah, we both have a win in a lot of games, but at the same time we're going to kind of t- t- kind kind of take that step back and not really uh fool around with the idea of what the potentially downside of that entire prospects are.
1: I uh, so, I could I could easily see them having a Chargers type season from last year where they just completely fall apart and just not a good year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing like it's there's there's so many question marks, right? That's the big thing is is the question marks and and understanding like alright, all right, you know, is it, is it's one of those things where it's like, alright, you know, if they do have that downfall, it could get very very, very ugly, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's the thing, like, that's a, I think that's kind of what you're saying right there, is like we're confident that they're, they could potentially be a playoff team, but we're also confident that they could be a very middle-of-the-road team as a collective whole.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think um, them having the 10th tenth- the 10th hardest uh, schedule in the league um, with so many question marks. It's one of those things where, like I said, with the Chargers last year, we know they're a good team. The Chargers this year are no different than the Chargers last year, just with a different quarterback. We know they're a good team. They've got still a good defense. They still have a good offense. It's just what, what Minnesota Vikings are we going to get is the biggest question.
0: Absolutely 100%. That's it's man, because like I said, if those defensive moves hinder them, they're in a lot of trouble, right? Yeah. A lot of trouble, and there's not going to be a really lot, a whole lot of coming back from that either. All right, folks, do us a favor, head on over to Twitter, give Jacob a follow at Barry 57 give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. Make sure to head on over to the co sponsor of the show, the Geek Vibe Nation. Those guys are fantastic. They have, actually have a Twitter now as well at uh, GBN Sports. Uh, give them a follow as well. Um, you know, make sure to check out all the rest of the shows on the drive in podcast network. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.